Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host with God and Jesus Christ at my side, because they are the host. They are the ones at the wheel. They are sitting in the captain's chair. Therefore, they are steering the ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome. Glad to have you all here. It is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. And all right, we are already past January. So we got one month down, 11 more to go. Hallelujah. So, all right. So today on His Hard Line, welcome first off to His Hard Line. This is episode 430, and we are going to be doing a reading out of Isaiah chapter 62, and then a little commentary, and then we're going to close it out, and then we're going to go to the other side and talk about the steps of setting up a state assembly. So my apologies for kind of faking you guys out earlier. I know I usually typically do these live shows starting at 7, but because the, um, the next show is kind of a little lengthy, I wanted to start this one a little fairly early. And uh, like I said, I'm trying to stay strict to being done with podcast by 8 p.m. Because I've been needing to get much needed sleep. And as you know, I work 12 hours hauling gas. So it's, uh, you know, when you get up at 2 a.m. And then you got to put in a 12-hour shift, it gets very exhausting. So I feel like lately I haven't been, been getting enough, sl- uh, you know, getting enough sleep. So, So here we are. Um, So what we're going to do is we are going to be reading out of the New American Bible Revised Edition. I typically bounce back and forth between that one and the New American Standard Bible. So my preference is the New American Bible Revised Edition, but I know a lot of people, you know, they all have their preference. Some, Some people like NIV or ESV or the King James Bible, you know, everybody's got their versions. But the important thing is, is as long as you're getting your 15 minutes a day, 1%, spending 1% with your Lord and Savior, with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ and God, by getting into the Word. That is so important. That is so very important because, especially at the beginning of a day, it's the best way to start your day. In fact, it's the only way, in my opinion, to start your day because, honestly, it gets it sets the tone, right? And even if you don't understand what you're reading, at least the words are resonating and marinating in your body temple, in your in your mind, in your soul, right? So it's so important to at least spend 15 minutes a day in prayer and reading at least a few, at least a chapter, if not a chapter, at least a section in the chapter, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. So we're going to get right into the reading. So chapter 62, there is about one, two, three, about 12 verses here. Excuse me. And it reads, starting with verse one, for Zion's sake, I will not be silent for Jerusalem's sake. I will not keep still until her vindication shines forth like the dawn and her salvation, like a burning torch. Nations shall behold your vindication and all kings, your glory. You shall be called by a new name bestowed by the mouth of the Lord. You shall be glorious, a glorious crown in the hand of the Lord a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No more shall you be called forsaken, nor your land called desolate. But you shall be called, my delight is in her, and your land espoused. For the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be espoused. For as a young man marries a virgin, your builder shall marry you. And as a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so shall you, your God, rejoice in you. Upon your walls, Jerusalem, I have stationed sentinels by day and by night they shall never be silent 
you who are to remind the Lord, take no rest and give him no rest until he reestablishes Jerusalem and makes it the praise of the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm, no, no more will I give your grain as food to your enemies, nor shall foreigners drink the wine for which you toiled. But those who harvest shall eat and praise the Lord. Those who gather shall drink in my holy courts. Pass through, pass through the gates, prepare a way for the people. Build up, build up the highway, clear it of stones, raise up a standard over the nations. The Lord has proclaimed to the ends of the earth, say to daughter Zion, see, your Savior comes. See, his reward is with him, his recompense before him. They shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called cared for, a city not forsaken. And that concludes the reading of Isaiah chapter 62, verses 1 through 12. Now remember, we are going to be concluding Isaiah here in a few days. Um, there's only 66 books here, or yeah, chapters, excuse me, 66 chapters. So there's just about eh, four more books after this, and then we will probably move somewhere into the New Testament. I'm thinking, I don't know, I'm not sure yet, but I'm thinking we're going to move into a, a book or two uh, in the New Testament. Uh, I, that just sounds kind of nice. Um, let's see, Rita's saying Peter, she's saying that's a good book. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was, uh, I was, I'm not sure what I want to do. Peter sounds like a good one. Something inside me keeps saying Romans and then something else keeps telling me, uh, um, Ephesians. So I'm not, I'm not quite too sure, but we'll figure it out. So, um, the responsibility of the man of God. So, a true man of God has been called into his office. Now, as verse six states, I lost my spot. Upon your walls, Jerusalem, I have stationed sentinels. By day and by night, they shall never be silent. You who are to remind the Lord, take no rest. So, with that said, God sets out the watchmen over his people, right? And these are, for the most part, preachers. Now, however, it also extends to Bible teachers. Now, anyone who is called to expound the word of God has an extra accountability than the general Christian. And God holds such people responsible for what they teach. And I tell you what, that has not put any more pressure than I already feel right now, just because, like I said, God really pretty much pushed me to do this podcast and to read daily you know, his word. And I'm no preacher. I, I have no idea. Like I say, I am, you know, I am just me. I am Jason Jones. I don't, you know, I, I've never, you know, been to any type of seminary school or anything like that. I'm still trying to learn it as much as the next person. But God says that a watchman is to set a standard, right? Anyone who teaches what is right and what is wrong is setting moral standards by which people are to adhere. Now, if those teachings are incorrect, then God will hold that, that man or woman accountable for leading people astray. And such is why it is very important that if you are a preacher or a teacher to make certain that you are being scripturally accurate. Now, additionally, if you have been commissioned by Jesus at that time to proclaim the word of God, you had the responsibility to proclaim it. Now, Paul writes, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall 
they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? Now, if God had told you to preach and then failing to do so, not only lets God down, but it also prevents people from hearing the word and thus having the opportunity to be saved. See, it's a very serious thing to neglect God's commission. So if you have been called to preach or teach, be diligent and faithful to your office. Be faithful to your responsibility, that calling. Now, as we look at this verse by verse, now in verse one, God will not give up on what he starts. He planted a seed for the faithful nation in Abraham, and he will see it through until Israel shines with faith, obedience, and righteousness. Now, God goes to extraordinary lengths to accomplish his will. Now, the history of the Jew, Jewish nation demonstrates how God will work and work with someone of, or something, shaping it towards his vision or you know what it should be anyways. And even so, the faithful believer can trust that God will continue to work in one's life until one is the shining light God's desires one to be. Now, in verse 2, while this verse refers to the glory of a redeemed nation of Israel, there are some spiritual truths that are made apparent, which extend to all believers. Now, that, that is part of salvation it entails being given a new name by God. Now, if you see Revelation 2.17, when a person is saved, that person is born again. Naming something is taking ownership of that thing, and so God giving a person a new name at the spiritual birth that occurs the moment one accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior is God taking ownership of that man or woman as he calls you know his child and his responsibility now once god fulfills his plan of salvation in one's life then the others can see god's light in that particular individual now in verse three god says that his people are like a jeweled crown having been grafted into the nation israel the gentile believers are also heir to this promise as they will live in the new Jerusalem. Now, he holds the Jewish nation in his hand on two accounts. First, God has his own crown of authority and does not need to prove his sovereignty through the Jews. And second, he is presenting the nation for display. Now, when one has something beautiful, then they desire to put it on full display so its full beauty can be seen by others. Now, even so, God desires to put his people in a spotlight to reveal the glory of salvation that resides in them. Now, in verse 4, Israel is currently divorced from God because of their sins. Now, after rejecting Jesus as Messiah, God turned his attention to the Gentiles. And in Isaiah, God calls Israel a wife who has played the harlot. Now, as God cannot bless sin, clearly, he has put away Israel from him. And so to Israel and others, it may appear that God has completely forsaken Israel, but because of the covenant that he made with them, God will restore Israel and bring her back into righteousness. She will no longer be, you know, bereft of her God. Now, verse five, God is promising that Israel, while it is about to go into captivity, their descendants will be able to embrace their heritage and their nation wholeheartedly instead of having to reject it and be ashamed of it because of its idolatry and political corruption. Hmm, kind of sounds like America. You know, patriotism can only thrive when the nation is worth patronizing, and God promises that that nation, Israel, will one day be full of righteousness and salvation worth clinging onto. 
I think we're going to get to that point, ladies and gentlemen, with this nation. I really do. It'll take some time and it'll, it's a process, but I think we'll get there. But as the Jews will be happy in this case to join their nation, so God will be proud and pleased with Israel. So in verses six and seven, as groundwork for this restored Israel, God sets a watchman who will work continuously for the spiritual well-being of the nation. And these are the prophets, preachers, and teachers of God's word. Now, they proclaim God's judgment out of necessity, for God will not allow them to be quiet. Now, Jeremiah describes it as a fire in his bones that he could not shut in. And as we look at verse 8 and 9, God promises to remove his wrath from Israel. Now, God gave Israel the promised land. But after they had tasted peace and bounty, they forsook God and chased idols. So as punishment, God allowed invading armies to be victorious over the Jews, forcing them to pay tribute to foreign oppressors and finally deporting them from their air homes. And when God restores Israel, then he promises to never again turn them over to the hand of their enemies. But, you know, they will be able to work and produce in peace. And more importantly, instead of forsaking God, when at peace, the nation will praise God for the peace and bounty. And so in verse 10, God tells the watchman in this case, Isaiah, to go through the city and out into the highway setting standards. Now, God's word established moral standards, teaching man right from wrong and how to attain salvation. To gather stones implies gathering supplies for a building. The believers are each unique, but once gathered, but once gathered, form a mighty structure for God and God calls a person to repentance, but the man of God is responsible for guiding that person into the kingdom of God. Now elsewhere, God calls the religious leaders shepherds and the man of God has this extra accountability and should not take this position lightly. This is precisely why I try to be very, very upfront with everybody when I come on the air, especially when I read a little scripture. And I tell you guys, remember, I am not a pastor, I'm not an ordained minister, I'm not a priest, and I'm not a biblical scholar. I'm just a guy, I'm a man, who's just reading his Bible every day, trying to learn it and try to make sense of it, just like all of you. Because remember, I'm not a preacher, I'm not, I'm none of those things, all right? I'm just someone here that's just putting the word out there in the, you know, out there in the airwaves, out in the ether, right? Now... <clears throat> One of the blessed assignments of the man of God, as we look at the last two verses in 11 and 12, as, we, as one of the blessed assignments of the man of God is to proclaim the coming salvation. So before Jesus came, they spoke of the good news of the coming of the Messiah to bring forgiveness for sin. But now they speak of the coming judgment on sinners and the redemption of the body and everlasting life in Jerusalem. Now, which is the reward for believing that Jesus is the Son of God? But it's noteworthy to mention that salvation is a person, and Jesus is salvation for Zion, which would be Jerusalem, and all who trust in him. And the time of sin will be forgotten, and the Jews will be known as God's holy people, made into priests. So instead of being mocked for being separated from God, they will be praised as being sought after by God. 
even while God may allow judgment on the nation for its sins, God will never forsake Israel and will one day redeem the nation. See, that's the kind of God we have right there. That's a great God. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of God I want to follow. And I think America, I think we're going to, we're, 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 it looks like America is walking in that same path, right? That same, that same exact road. I think one day we will have our future and we will have our peace and we will be able to be abundant going forward in our future. Now, real quick, before we close this out and start the next show, there is one soundbite I did want to play, which I absolutely like. I played it for my wife earlier because I saw this on TikTok and I was like, you know what? Mike, this reminds me of you. And the reason I'm going to play this is because people need to realize the importance of a wife, of a woman in the marriage. Because again, here at His Hard Line, we focus on four things. God Almighty and Jesus Christ, that's number one. Good health, proper wellness, that's number two, because you have to have good health. Number three, how to fortify the family and make a family strong. And number four, how to restore the republic, because, you know, we need to have a strong nation. You can't have a strong nation without a strong family unit and having good health and having God at the center of all of that. So you need those three things in order to have a strong nation, in my opinion. Very simple. God, good health, and family to make a strong nation. Those are the building blocks. So when I saw this TikTok video, this absolutely makes total sense. Listen to this. Just kidding. Hold on. I'm still getting used to this nonsense. The husband is considered to be the head of the house. Now listen, we can go through a whole lot of things. We don't have time today where the Bible considers the wife as the helpmate. Dude, you need help, right? That means we're supposed to listen to our wives. Listen, the Bible says that the wife is prudent, like she's a gift from God and she's prudent. That means that she's a wise guide. She's an expert, right? That she has great discernment and great discretion, which means, listen, we're in this thing together as a team. We're like, I need you. Renee, I need your assistance. Renee, I need your advice. Renee, I need your counsel. Renee, I need your discernment. Renee, I need you to be on the A game for our kids. Renee, I need, like, I trust you, Renee. God has given you as my helper. It's not just Sean running the show. If you do that, you're out of line biblically. But husbands are the lead of the home. We are the accountable spiritual leader of the house. But it doesn't mean that the, the that the wife is is down here. It doesn't mean that we never seek her counsel because then you're walking as a fool and not one who's wise because the Bible says that your wife is an expert. She is a wise guide. She has great discernment and discretion. She will see things in your kids before you see things. She will see things in your life before you see things. There'll be times and moments and seasons of life that she will identify and you need to, you need to just be saying, okay, I, I don't see it that way, but in this I trust you in that because you're prudent. So let, let's just clear the table right there. Equal value, equal worth, different roles, and the husband is called to be the lead. That is powerful. Yeah, you know, and that is so true. You know, just because the man is the lead in the house doesn't mean that the wife's role in the home and in the family isn't just as equally important. Because, look, there was once upon a time where I was not a good leader in my home. And so when I'm not a good leader in the home, therefore, I'm not going to seek my wife's counsel and, and, and look to her as a wise guide. 
because women typically see things and know things and they have an intuition and they have a, a certain kind of gut feeling, if you will, when something is awry, something that is very obvious to them, but completely, you know, uh, invisible to us men. And see, this is one of the reasons why I think Dave Ramsey, he said this one day on the air, this is one of the reasons why he has his wife come into the boardroom whenever he does interviews, whenever he has business meetings, whenever he does any type of acquisitions or whatever the case is, he always brings his wife Sharon into the boardroom. Why? She's not part of anything. She's not part of the company. She is just there to sit there and listen because she can smell slime a mile away. And so when the meeting is over, they go home, they have dinner, they have a discussion. He asks her, he's like, you know, he'll ask her. So what did you think about this individual? What did you think about that man or that woman or so on and so forth? And then he discuss it. Women in the marriage have a very, very important role and an equal role just in a different sense. I love that audio piece when I saw that. Completely love that because I was like, wow. Because now I'm starting to tap into that power of consulting the wife consulting my wife because you know her spidey senses she's more keen and more sensitive to things and so i'll ask him well what do you feel about this individual are they slimy do they feel you know they look sketchy and you know what's crazy typically she's right typically she is right uh rita was just asking here in the chat can you share that on your telegram channel yeah i can definitely do that in fact before um i forget i'm just gonna do that right now hold on you're gonna you're going to have a few you're going to have a few seconds of silence here so please wait for a moment there it is and post it all right give it some time rita it'll be right up there all right so that is all we have for today we're going to close this out with a prayer and then we'll see you on the other side for the discussion on steps to setting up your state assembly <clears throat> all right heavenly father we want to say thank you so very much for this day and thank you for tomorrow to come we pray that tomorrow is just as good if not better than today and we thank you for another day of life and good health and we just continuously ask for that guidance and that you continuously shine shine that light in our life help us be a light in the lives of others and just help us provide counsel to others as we seek to you you know seek you for that counsel there are some times where we struggle with our decisions we struggle with our day because we're not sure if the pathway you know the, the the path that we're walking on is even the right path and so as we you know reach out to you and ask you for that discernment to ask you for guidance please just push us in the right direction and we pray all this in your holy son's name jesus christ amen so that concludes episode 430 here at His Hard Line, and we will close this out, and we will see you on the other side in about eh, a minute and a half. All right, we'll see you on the other side, ladies and gentlemen. God bless.